This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm good. I think I've finally collected all the different versions of myself that I split into during <laughs> the end of that Spurs-Liverpool game. Yeah, yeah. I've never been so perplexed as to how to emotionally respond to a game as it was playing out. Yeah, let's set the scene a little bit, Brandon. We were... At the at the Black Horse Pub, as we often are, the bar that we give free advertising to every week, and yeah, they don't even know who we are. They're still not aware of this podcast. <laughs> uh, we were there with FPL Penguin, who uh, anybody who is on, uh, you know, who, who plays Fantasy Pro League is on Twitter, probably knows him already. If you don't, you should definitely check him out. Uh, Mark is his name. Very nice guy. I hope he doesn't mind us giving away his first name. Uh, but we're there with uh, with Mark, and we haven't said his his last name, his surname, or, or where he social lives. Social security but. number, or anything like that. It's all <laughs> still under wraps. So uh, we're there watching the game. Uh, he's actually a Spurs fan too. So it was, very, and it's a Spurs bar as well. So um, you know, it's it's a pretty fun, exciting game the whole time. But you know, it's it's the with the eighty fifth minute or whatever that first penalty comes through. It's you yeah. know, it's just amazing. Well, first of all, there was the there was the goal from Wanyama, which. Didn't really have any fantasy implications, but it was just a great goal and just kind of got the whole bar excited. It was it was a heart stopping goal. Yeah, it was. Uh, so when Yama scores and uh, uh, and then Kane gets the penalty, and you and I um, kind of, I, I guess we didn't even think we were being that maverick, but you and I captained, uh, we both captained Kane this week. Which, yeah, we gave it a big we yeah. gave it a big strong shout on yeah. last week's podcast, King Captaincy. We agreed, and we weren't really considering any others. And right. I was surprised to to see that not a lot of other podcasts or people online were recommending Kane right. as a captaincy. I mean, now we see yeah. how, in hindsight, we know what happened. How many times must Mosala score in a game before we finally just like give him the captaincy every week? I mean, it's it's getting insane, right? I mean, it was like. 
I felt like when he got, when he scored in like the first two minutes, I was like, oh right, this is what he does. He just constantly scores. <laughs> He's at home. He's like nineteen goals in the season already going to the match. Right, right. So this is a, this is what I'm saying about being split into a million pieces. So I'm, we're sitting next to Mark, who is like a proper Spurs fan. Now let's talk about two Americans walking into a Brooklyn bar, but our level of respect immediately goes up by walking in with a British expat who's wearing a glorious right. retro Spurs. Kit. We were, we're also very cool. and we were talking in fake British accents the whole time as well. So they thought it was three Brits. <laughs> no, they were, they were none the wiser. Right. No, nobody there. You said so, you were from Wolverhampton. Um, uh, and I, I said that I was from Plymouth. So it was really, they didn't know what was going on. Lots of, I accents. actually claimed to be Ozzy Osbourne and they <laughs> bought it for a while. So, so, um, yeah, you, I immediately get split into a million pieces. Like the Kane, Kane misses that penalty and I'm shattered in the FPL version. The football fan in me then suddenly is uplifted by the fact that Mo Salah scores this amazing Messi-esque goal. Like the, the, the best sort of shielding of the ball one has seen in the penalty area all season. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, now I had to grapple with that was a great goal, but I, that, that goal was crushing to anybody who didn't captain sure. Sala. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but on top of the fact that we're witnessing this really compelling final act to uh, what it was a really fun game on, on Sundays. Right. I was but, just but dealing with, 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 in with minutes to go or one minute to go. I mean, you and I are sitting on zero points for our captain. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really the overarching <laughs> or, or that is really the dark cloud that hangs over all, all of this is that, right. yeah, we're sitting on zero <laughs> points. I could pretend like I was like, Oh, you're never going to see another goal. Like, like one Yama or What a game. No, yeah. I'm like, I could see you getting your bill from the bartender. I like, the I got to get out of here. I was, I was ready to like, I was ready to melt down. Uh, so Kane gets the penalty. I am so nervous. I had already settled my check. I'm so nervous about this, uh, this, this upcoming penalty. Cause I mean, I can't deal. If he misses another penalty, I can't deal with, with minus two doubled, right? Minus four. I'm just going to like, so I had my coat on, my hat on. I was like, I had my hand on the back of the bar stool. I was like, I am walking out of here no matter what happens either way. Uh, and then Kane, of course, uh, puts it away. We get what feels like the greatest eight points ever, right? It was, it was the <laughs> most glorious eight points I've ever scored. <laughs> it was it was like an Indiana Jones escape from some sort of booby trap. Like by the yes. skin of our teeth, we escaped from this game week. Exactly, exactly. So it's it's all a matter of perspective. Uh, I think in general, just if we want to talk briefly about our game weeks, so you and I have less to complain about than most, I would say. Yeah, I... I it was really a dire uh, game week for a lot of top managers and a lot of people listening to the pod. So it's it's true. I, I feel like we didn't struggle as much as a lot of other people. The average yeah. on the game week is 43 points, and we both beat that relatively handily. I finished with 51 points, and uh, my, I, I have to laugh. My transfer was, and if anybody was uh, on social media late on Friday evening, I was sort of agonizing over what I was going to do with Christensen. While I was agonizing, the dude's value dropped down to 5.4, which totally defeated the <laughs> agony that I was going through. Yeah. Anyway, I just brought in um, Hagazi just on a lark. And within the first uh, 10 minutes of that game, he scores a goal. And I was just, I just, I didn't amazing. even celebrate. I just laughed out loud. It was so improbable. Yeah, it, that was that was ridiculous. So, uh, so we're, that's we're, great because then you know, even you're like, listen, even if on the off chance that West Brom concede three goals in this game, you know, no, you're not still, to Southampton, right? Exactly, not going to happen. You're probably looking at 15 points, maybe 21 if he gets a second goal. 
Yeah, immediately the calculations start. <laughs> suddenly, suddenly I'm looking at a high high score for the day. I'm, I'm going to exactly. be the highest points. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because you hadn't captained. Uh, you didn't have Aguero, so you didn't. Have, you didn't like a lot of a lot of managers. It's like exactly what so many of us fear. And even though you know it's irrational and you shouldn't act this way as a manager, that like captaining the captaining the player who plays the first fixture of the game week. It's just something I'm always reluctant to do because then you're like, yeah. ah, but if it doesn't work out, I have to spend the next two days just, you know, waiting for, you know, waiting to see how everybody else does. You know, it's like you, you kind of put up your score <laughs> and you're kind of waiting for everyone else to, to, you know, to get past you, to suppress you. Now, if you go to the FPL site and click on highest points for the game week, 119 goes to uh, a guy clearly making a team to achieve this goal. He's got Higazi <laughs> in his squad. I'm I'm thinking the same thing yep. as a superstar who who, who is a top top getter yep. of the week. So uh, what else can I tell you about my game week? Yeah, as we said, Captain Kane, Mosala still in the midfield, and then nobody else did yeah. anything Sterling except for the KDB. day a clean sheet. Yeah, Sterling K to be disappointed. Uh, De Gea, yep. you know the the easiest clean sheet he'll have all season. I mean, De Gea is is the emerges as the best bud of this season. De Gea is just there. You can count on him. He never has to borrow any money from you. He's just yeah. a solid dude. Yeah. So tip tip of the hat to De Gea. Yeah. So uh, still managed a, a green arrow and moved ever, ever so slightly up to 87K. So I, I'm really happy about that, all things considered. Yeah. And uh, I ended up on 64 points. Uh, so I certainly can't complain about that either. Uh, Mikatarian, uh, Mila Vojevic, um, 13 for Mikatarian, three assists and two bonus points. And uh, he had a huge BPS total, too. Like if, uh, you know, if if, if um, Ramsey hadn't actually scored the, the hand trick, he would have over. Well, I guess he, he assisted the third goal. But like if he, you know, if Mikatarian assisted somebody else, he would have overtaken yeah. Ramsey. Um, and yeah, this uh, was the week that your wild card really, really came home. Really, yeah, really helped. Um, and I did leave WordPress on the bench, uh, but you know the plan all along for me had been to rotate Milivojevic and WordPress. I mean, yeah, WordPress ended up on twelve points. Um, it was kind of frustrating. I would have been very frustrated if Milivojevic hadn't done anything. Um, but in the end, I got ten from him, twelve from from Prowse. Um, you can't legislate for that, particularly when yeah. you're getting into that region of. Four four point five plus five million midfielders. Yeah. It's almost luck of the draw there. And, and if you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna have Milivojevic and not play him at home to Newcastle, I mean, you know, a, a team that's just not very good and very likely to concede a penalty, which they did. Um, you know, why even have him in your squad? Because he's kind of the perfect, you know, fourth. I mean, I know some people play five five across. I, I was playing with a three four three this weekend. Um, well, because of your transfer, right? So yeah, I mean, I guess. You know, this is another one. Sometimes you make a transfer and it's, you know, you want to beat yourself up about it. But I, you know, but this one I don't feel that bad about. I mean, I brought in Callum Wilson, who uh, just, you know, picked up, you know, put up a, he's put up huge scores the last several game weeks. Uh, they were home to Stoke City. And I know Stoke have been a little more solid, but, um, you know, still seemed like a great opportunity for him to pick up some points. Um, you know, and then they have this run where they play, uh, they played Stoke at home, Huddersfield away, uh, and Newcastle at home in the next three. And so I just thought, you know, and he's about to do a price rise, and I, I, I bet another price rise still comes. Um, and so I thought, let me just get on him early. Um, it just felt it just felt like a very easy, logical move, especially once I decided to stick with Mkhitaryan. So, well, yeah, uh, yeah. He, he and Walcott were the top two transfers in during the game week, right. so you were not alone in right. that thinking. Yeah, and I was right with my Walcott prediction too. He uh, 
He did, did not have a good game. I can't believe they let him take set pieces. Like this is every Arsenal fan knows that you don't let Walcott take set pieces. It's just it's just not his strength. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you if you look at the rhetoric surrounding Sam Allardyce this past week, it is he's the most Anglo-centric guy operating in the I mean, this is not news to anyone operating in the league right now. He's talking about um, Adam Lookman should want to like you know, struggle to make the team sheet at Everton instead right. of going to Germany. And of course he's going to love Walcott, an Englishman who comes to his squad and he wants to put all of his faith in him as opposed to a guy like Gilfie Sigurdsson. Um, yeah. And I don't what's, know what, what's amazing about, about Everton though, is that I actually ended up getting three points from Coco Martina, uh, who crazily <laughs> enough in a game where they conceded five goals, but uh, Martina <laughs> Who uh, I just kind of couldn't resist picking up because he was—he's just so cheap. You know, he was four point four million. He started the last, you know, twelve, thirteen matches. Um, so yeah, I got three points from from Martina for a late assist on the uh, Calvert Lewin, like kind of the ultimate troll, right? Comes in away to Arsenal and uh, and well, to make that even cheekier, the only reason you're talking about Cuckoo Martina's assist is because of the elephant in the room. Right. Marcus Alonso doesn't play. Yeah. Today uh, against Watford. Now, we're going to talk a bit about defense coming up in the pod and, of course, the situation with Chelsea and Marcus Alonso. But it turned out to be a pretty big differential for you where people are dropping Alonso to the bench for the the dunks and the Ben Mees of the world. You get you get a cheeky three <laughs> a cheeky, from Kuko Matina. Exactly, a cheeky three. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, and obviously uh, I lost two defenders. Chilwell didn't play either. Uh, but honestly, you know, it could have been worse. I mean, uh, I know a lot of people uh, had Phil Jones. A lot of people brought in Laporte, which um, I think both of us felt like was a little too risky. Um, I was a little yeah. higher on Laporte, and I think I was sort of lean, leaning toward Laporte at the end of last week's pod. But um, ration, rational thinking got the better of me when it ultimately came to that, and I went for Higazi. And it's uh, so like why you didn't start J- JWP against West Brom. You were feeling like West Brom was looking like they were getting more into higher gear. Now, maybe I have to laugh when I say that. They're still bottom of the table and they look pretty dire at the moment. <laughs> right. But uh, I thought that was a nailed on clean sheet. Laporte looks like he could be great, but rotation is such a threat there. And it, that, that bore yeah, out. It's four, it's four central defenders for two slots and a lot of fixtures coming up. So. Um, yeah, Otamendi is still he's, he's kind of like KDB, right? He's the one he's the one you know guy who just plays every match and not every match, of course, but but most matches. Yeah. Uh, all right, so that's enough about our teams. Um, although I did rise uh, over ninety thousand spots, so that tells you uh, tells you how much I fell. Uh, but also, it should hopefully give some managers hope out there because. Um, I mean, that's 90,000 spots in one game week. So, um, and it wasn't like I fell that far, you know, so there's certainly, uh, um, you know, I mean, mean, your, your game week rank must've been around 200 K or thereabouts. Yeah. Yeah. 380. Yeah. So yeah, not not bad. Um, all right. So let's, let's, let's move on here. Um, Eric Freeman had a question for us as an honor of groundhog day, both the, the American holiday, holiday in quotation marks and, and film, 
which players' disappointing performances are you reliving game week after game week, but you just can't pull the trigger and transfer them out of your lineup? Uh, we we actually got a pretty good response to this question from Eric. We just run through them real quick. FP Alligators chimes in with Odomende. Joe Pilgrim says, Richarlson, quote, but he has such good expected goal stats, they say. Uh, every week with, with Richarlson uh, here, uh, you, you can't get rid of It's a heartbreaking him. start with Richarlson. Uh, Padful and Kevin Doyle chimed in with Dunk, and I think um, I'm here as well with uh, John Goulding chiming in with Duffy. Brighton defense has sort of been um, f- hiding in plain sight, right. I guess is right. the way to put it for the Bright- yeah. Brighton defenders. Uh, Richie on Twitter and Mr. Podge also threw Lingard into sure. the mix. Uh, J- Jamie Umbach uh, has a West saddled with West Ham defender Agbana week after week, can't get rid Luke says Deli Ali, um, which, yeah, yeah, Luke, Luke, you got to wake up from that dream and get rid of Deli Ali. Uh, Jeff Waugh, Pickford, Jordan Pickford, waiting for Big Sam to, quote, unquote, tighten things up there at Everton. <laughs> and uh, the last response we'll read off here, John Tolliday, have had Dunk, me, and Richarlson for what seems like the beginning <laughs> of time. So yeah. much like Bill Murray waking up day after day in Groundhog Day, so is John Tolliday with these these guys he just can't get out of his team. I know, and that's the thing about me too is like you know it's the Burnley defense has, has not been it's been okay like it's not been like a like but you know compared to the heights that it was at the first actually it's actually a little bit like the Chelsea defense last year. Remember when Chelsea kept like just an absolutely insane number of clean sheets in a row uh, when when they switched yeah. to the. Um, uh, what is it? The th- three, four, three. Yeah, three at the, the three at the back at least. Yeah, yeah. yeah. However you want to, whatever you want. However you want to characterize that rotate the formation. All right. So um, yeah, I, I don't really have one in my. I think I kind of dropped all of those disappointing players when I when I wild carded. Um, I guess. Yeah, uh, you you freshly uh, yeah. woken up from your Groundhog Day playing the early wild card. Yeah. I, I guess Rob Rob Elliott would be my pick. I had Rob <laughs> Elliott for. I think the entire season, actually. And I was always kind of waiting for a moment to play him. And then when I when I did have that moment, he was injured or he was out of the squad. It was just I never had I never got a single clean sheet out of Rob Elliott. Yeah, and the uh, the backup goalkeepers, backup goalkeeper, and the last defender on your bench probably the two hardest players to get rid of. Totally, full yeah, there's stop. always always some bigger problem elsewhere. No, I'm definitely feeling the Brighton defense here, Duncan Duffy. I've had Duffy for, yeah, for what seems like a long time. And just, as I said, hiding in plain sight. I've, I've gotten nothing from him. <laughs> but I still stand by it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go out and buy a hat tomorrow. And I will eat said hat if Duffy doesn't score a goal before the end of the season. All right. So we had good game weeks and a lot of managers didn't. Uh, let's look at some managers who, by and large, did. Uh, this is the top 10 of the Hail Cheater Super League. Um, there's a two-way tie for 10th here, Brandon. It's D-Boy United back in the top 10. The Doughboy himself. Mm-hmm. 67 points. Uh, he's tied with Benkin Bellicub, Eric Peterson. Um, in ninth place, we have a Logawood off of Wiedersen Pet. In eighth place, we have the Mount Eden Munters, Jordan Pierce. Uh, falling a little bit. 39. Tough week for Jordan Pierce, although... A lot of managers uh, would, I think, actually take 39 after. Yeah, after fine, a week. fine week to have that score, I suppose, yeah, if it's true. any week. It's true. Two girls, one schlup, Andrew Ferguson in seventh. Clichy's clean sheets, Fabio Borges, falls a little bit down to sixth. 
Uh, Aaron Matheson heating up in fifth with 56 points. Uh, Cruise Control, Stevie Sunshine, uh, is in fourth place. What a great combination of names right there. That just makes me happy. Like, there's yeah. nothing bad that will ever happen to a guy named Stevie Sunshine who names his team Cruise Control. No I worries, also like, man. Yeah, I also like that it's not a Premier League pun. You know, it's it's he goes outside. He's global. Yeah, exactly. That's He's a, on that's the a, continent. That's a La Liga pun. I like it. <laughs> uh, Ganchester United, Graham McDonald in third. Uh, in second place, Joe Stone. Uh, and in first place, Crazy Coutinho, Prakar Patel with 64 points, 1,684 total points. Get uh, this. Yes. I'm, I'm do, getting Do you it. see this? I'm ready. Yes. Uh, Proctor's overall rank in the world is 16. So we're uh, we're uh, on pace to have number one in the world in the always cheating Super League. There's nothing that could possibly go wrong for Pro- you. Yeah. If, you, if you're out there, Proctor, if, if you're out there uh, and you're on social media or you just want to send us an email or whatever, um, yeah, keep us posted. How your, how's your season going? Are you sweating it out? Are you... Are you are you holding up okay? Because uh, I can't imagine me if I was sixteen right now, I would probably just quit my job and, uh, yeah. and just focus on uh, on trying to trying to finish first. Maybe you want to become a Patreon supporter of the podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> we'll talk you through it, Prakar. <laughs> all right. Uh, so it wasn't all good news. Oh, by the way, still you can always join the Always Cheating Super League. Just go go to alwayscheating.com, click League tab, and there's an auto-join button right there for you. It was not all good news, Josh. We have a few rants here. Mr. Podge on Twitter says, I've dropped to over 400K in the world. Can I just give up? Can you give up, Josh? No. At what point do you no. just give up? I I made up twenty five percent of that four hundred k. I mean, I was I I was I'm doing better than Mr. Podge. Like, let's just let's make that clear. But I, I, yeah. I yeah, but I, I jumped hundred k in one game week, and and you can too, Mr. Podge. Uh, FPL finesse also says game week twenty six might as well have been a blank game week for me. No Jones or Alonzo playing. Milivojevic first on the bench, but he'll stay right where he is as he's a midfielder. And I play three at the back. Every other guy blanked. Woo-hoo. FPL Finesse finishes by saying game week 31 is going to look like a double game week compared to this rant over. Well played, FPL Finesse. If uh, your rants are as good as your uh, FPL lineup, I think you'll do better in game week 27. Good use of all 280 characters there, too. That was very solid. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, so uh, what else are we going to talk about in this podcast, Josh? We're going to we're going to preview game week twenty seven. Yeah, yeah, we're going to preview game week twenty seven. We're going to talk about Arsenal um, and their the, the rejuvenated Arsenal. And even I'm kind of a little excited about this. And everyone who listens to the podcast knows that I never have a good thing to say about Arsenal. So uh, if I'm excited, it must be good news. We're going to talk a little bit about game week thirty one and uh, upcoming blanks and when to use your chips. Uh, it's it's kind of like we're going to do it in a we're going to start the conversation, but we're certainly not going to be done with it because it's going to start to dominate uh, a lot of the podcasts in the weeks to come. Uh, and then we're, we're going to start a movement, basically, and then it's uh, it's up to everyone else to basically yeah, exactly. fulfill the prophecy of Game Week 31. Exactly. And then we're going to talk a little bit about defense. Yeah, defense has been bubbling up for a few weeks now, and I think with the Alonzo benching, it's it's become a full-blooded fiasco, the de- defense. Yeah. It's, if you don't have uh, Hagazi in your squad, you're really sweating. Yeah. Right if you don't have Hagazi, you're a fool, and you should not be playing <laughs> FPL. And on that yeah. note, let's take a break because I, I need a drink. Same old podcast, always cheating. Brandon, we're back. Game week 27. 
Uh, it's the last last game week for a couple of weeks. It's uh, it's broken schedule. I just want like <laughs> I, I want my Premier League back. I want like four or five weeks of matches in a row. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so we've got matches on Saturday, we've got three on Sunday, and we have uh, one on, uh, again, there's another another Chelsea match on Monday for us to all get excited about and then very disappointed by. Uh, but let's start off uh, with the early fixture. <laughs> what would fixture. be better than, we'll, we'll get to the fixture, <laughs> but I, I just can't resist. I mean, what would be better to ch- than Chelsea getting blown out of the water by Bournemouth, then Watford, then West Brom? It would be, I mean, it's I in guess the cards. that would really be the end for Conte, I guess, who really clearly hates being there. Uh, all right, first match is uh, for for whatever reason. I don't know. I don't really understand the culture there that seems to drive managers away. And I, uh, I'm sure that there are many people out there who who could explain it to us. But uh, I don't know. Try you try working for a Russian oligarch. See how fun how much fun you have. I don't know, but it's like there's like a there's like a kind of internal press. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, North London derby starts us off. Uh, I blame Spurs John are- Terry. Spurs Arsenal. We talked about the Spurs match earlier. Arsenal. We have not talked about yet. Uh, not 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 very much anyway. A five one thrashing of Everton. Uh, Mkhitaryan and uh, Aubameyang both looked pretty good. Uh, Aubameyang uh, dealing with the flu, but ended up playing, if not the entire match, uh, most of it. Right. Michael Jordan esque. What a flu game for Aubameyang. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Scores a, a very nice offside goal. Um, and. <laughs> it's the done thing these days in the Premier League. It's true. Uh, and, yeah, Mkhitaryan, 7.6 million, three assists, 13 points in the game week. Uh, but what happens in this game, Brandon? Do you think, you know, what do you think happens? Well, so my question here is, yes, okay, I, I don't want to be totally negative because Arsenal looked fantastic. They were in full flight. As you say, like new signings are delivering. Right. Everton were such utter garbage in this game so i you're left to have to parse this performance and say how good were arsenal versus how bad were everton perhaps like in in reality that's not an interesting or productive conversation but if we're talking about shifting players around in our fpl team to make room for Aubameyang or mkhitaryan i think we really have to judge this performance um on how it's how it's going to play out over the next month. Right. We've got a few questions here from people from listeners on Slack. Danny Bean asks, after the Arsenal performance, which assets should we be looking at? I like Aubameyang, but don't see, but don't want to lose Kane or Vardy. Uh, by the way, Danny Bean throws in here. Vardy has scored three games in a row. That's true. So. Maybe we do need to carve out a special podcast just for Jamie Vardy. Eric Medboat also uh, says, I'm with the Gunners after these two big games. So coming up, they've got Spurs and then City. So um, we add that to the discussion of Arsenal. Do we need to sort of couch our excitement in the fact that they have two really lousy fixtures coming up? Um, Steve Hagen uh, says, should Mickey now be squeezed back into our teams or could we expect Ramsey not to get injured and to get consistent time and points? And then James Bishop, also on the Aubameyang train, he on Facebook says, Aubameyang a ding dong time. <laughs> so uh, I I am with Steve here and that Mickey seems to be the standout favorite just in terms of value. I mean, what more do you need to say than 7.6 million? Is he 7.6 or 7.7 now? Uh, something like that. He's 7. Point, something like that. Actually, it, it, he's, he's up to 7.8 now. He's, he jumped up once already. 
Okay, so um, I'm feeling Mickey. The the problem is, as as uh, Danny points out, if you're looking to bring in a Bami Yang, you're dropping somebody. Mm-hmm. You're probably dropping Kane, and the move, the logical move for Obama Yang seems to be wait a couple of weeks, which will probably coincide with Jesus coming back, theoretically coming back into contention right. with Aguero's spot, and you move Aguero to Obama Yang. So that gives you plenty of time to judge, you know, is was it just a fluke against Everton, or is this Arsenal squad really the real deal? Yeah, I think that, you know, I would at least be interested in Aubameyang to, um, uh, from Aguero, uh, maybe even after game week 27. I think if I was wild carding, I would definitely consider it because, uh, so, you know, they play, um, less, so uh, Man City play Leicester at home on the 10th of February, and then they don't actually play another league match until March 1st, which is, um, a, it's, it's actually in game week 28, but it's, there's a week off and then, uh, the League Cup match is the next weekend, and so it's a it's a makeup game like four days later. So, his last the last match in February for Sergio Aguero is uh, this Saturday, and then there's 20 days off. So basically, Jesus has a whole month to recover, and, and right. once Jesus is back, I mean, you've got Champions League, you've got FA Cup. Uh, I mean, you don't really want to be overloaded on Man City players at that point. You know, in my opinion. It's really interesting too, because that in that game week, it's a rematch of the final between City and I know. Arsenal. It's, so it's interesting, it's, isn't it? Yeah. So, but which kind of means like maybe it isn't like all their stars are like the league match. You would you would think they they would prioritize the League Cup, right? Which actually means maybe you yeah, wouldn't want to get I, you wouldn't want to get a bombing actually. Well, I mean, the way these guys, these guys are going to be playing so many games and the distance in time between that cup final and the March 1st, uh, uh, postponed match, plenty of time for them to just roll out the same lineup. I yeah, think. that's yeah, that's true. But it's so it's four days, but then they actually play another, again three days after that. So it's uh, it's definitely tight. I mean, I'm just you know it's we're getting into that time of the year, you know, where it's like it's everyone's got it seems like they have a midweek match like every week. Either like they're making up, either they're doing FA Cup replays, or there's. You know, so it's it's like the yeah. holidays. Like it's just it's hard to have totally you, plan for it. <laughs> yeah, have you not noticed how all the sturm and drang about rotation has gone away? And now with the Champions League gearing up again, it's coming right <laughs> yeah, back. That's rotation true. is. Yeah. If you thought you were safe, yeah. uh, beware! It's coming back. All right. So who who? Okay, just just all the questions were kind of about Arsenal options. I mean, so you, you felt like Mkhitaryan is the pick. I mean, we haven't even talked about Aaron Ramsey. Is Aaron Ramsey just not someone that you really rate that highly? Well, I rate him just fine. And, you know, uh, Aaron Ramsey has a terrific FPL legacy. I mean, he had one one sterling season. The pricing is interesting. Ramsey at 7.0, he's probably going to come uh, rise in price tonight and, and be at 7.1 when this podcast goes live. And... Uh, or at some point uh, prior to the game week deadline. And then um, Mkhitaryan at 7.8. I think you're going to get more value from Mkhitaryan. Look, I kind of feel the same way. And I mean, maybe not value, but just like actual returns, right? Yeah, which, uh, you know, in, in a way is the same thing. It, 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 it feels like I'm guessing. Here. Yeah. If you, if you only have enough money to afford Aaron Ramsey... Um, Fine, I think it's worth a punt. I mean, that's that's on par with the Theo Walcott punt that we're all you know on the verge of taking. <laughs> right. It's okay. Here's, I mean, the we yeah, you're right. We can't 
you can't dismiss the 0.8, right? I mean, there's a reason why none of us are considering Ozil, right, at 9.3 million. Uh, he's, he's, just, he's just too yeah, expensive. Ozil's, Ozil's yeah, Ozil's out. Um, so yeah. you have Ramsey versus Mkhitaryan. I mean, Ramsey, to me, actually does offer more value um, in the sense that I think he can offer similar returns as to Mkhitaryan, but for 0.8 less. Um, I do think that Mkhitaryan is... Um, I, I just kind of feel the same way. I feel like once he is like more in the in the flow of that team, um, he's going to uh, he's going to return more. I mean, it's I don't know. It's it's it does. It feels like Aaron Ramsey's goals were like a slightly lucky. I mean, his his xG I think was under he's one. He's never scored a hat. He's never scored a hat trick before. Yeah. His his xG for the game was under one. I mean, it wasn't like he was you know this dominant attacking force in the game. He really he really was set up well. And I mean, that's that's part of being a good player is being in the right position at the right time. But. Yeah, yeah, he was he was according to the stats book the uh, like the highest overachieving right. player in the game. Like, I mean, granted, he did score a hat trick, but I mean, okay. So, just jumping back to what we were saying about Ozil, like Ozil's out of the FPL discussion just by virtue of price. But is it a legitimate concern to say we just witnessed a, a thrashing of Everton five one in which Ozil wasn't really involved? He was he was um, FPL wise. I can I can see the the tables turning in the next game week, and suddenly Ozil is the focal point of the FPL game week yeah. arsenal, and it, it's just kind of it's just kind of happenstance that in the week in which all these new Arsenal well the two big new Arsenal assets Aubameyang and Mkhitaryan are on the pitch, they all come into play. My concern is that we're forgetting about Ozil not as an FPL asset, but just as a linchpin to that squad, and that he could suck up a lot of those points that we were expecting. Yeah, to get. I mean, it's it is possible, but um, you know, I, I do think that for I'll, I will take that one point six million that I save on Mkhitaryan over Ozil, and I feel like that's that's just money you know better spent elsewhere. I mean, yeah. I think we agree on that. Back yeah. to the value. So, I, I, but the one thing I, yeah. I did want to. Um, say is that, you know, the one thing that's in Aubameyang's uh, favor as well um, is that he can't play in the Europa League. Um, so they're, he's, they're cup tied for that. So he um, is going to be able to play in every Premier League fixture throughout the rest of the season. So uh, if you're looking for uh, a little more security and they are not in the FA Cup anymore. So um, for someone like me who um, is going to have to worry about, you know, like it's not going to be as easy for me to move players in and out of my squad. Um, a bombing might make sense. It's just like because a nice you dropped player. your wild card. Because I dropped my wild card, right? Exactly. So um, I don't know. It's just something to think about. Yeah. No. I, that that's it. It's the Aguero to assuming everything stays the same. Aguero to a bombing after game week twenty seven. Yeah. How are you? Well, Arsenal's fixtures at game week twenty nine look pretty legendary: Brighton, Watford, Leicester, Stoke, Southampton. Yeah, but it is it is it is the trick to get through twenty seven <laughs> and twenty eight, which right. Spurs and Man City. Now we you did you did astutely bring up the duration of time between those two matches, but still, yeah, it's 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 just interesting. Uh, but you know they they always finish well. Um, you know they you know they're not quite like. It's not quite as like they they actually do a little better when it's even more desperate. So like let's give it like a couple more losses and then I think they're really gonna kind of cr- crush for the rest of the season. Yeah. Okay. It, it is it is the ebb and flow of Arsenal during the season in which one week we talk about how it's 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 absolutely um, done and Wenger has to go move to another planet and then the, the next week it's it's suddenly a renaissance. Uh, 
Yeah, exactly. I'm a little skeptical. So, yeah, and uh, do we want to say anything about about Spurs? Um, you know, someone uh, said on the last two games, uh, Adam P. on Slack said, in the last two games, Kane has had the fewest touches of any Spurs outfield player. Uh, is King, it's Kainsett uh, no longer crazy. It's fair to say, Adam, that he's had the fewest touches, but he still I <laughs> thought, has always has the most shots. Yeah. He will always have not only the most shots out of Spurs, but the most shots out of anybody in the league for the for the game week. Go to any stats page, and Kane is always first or second with shots. He had five shots on goal. Um, this game week. So the goals will come. I'm not worried about that. Yeah. And, you know, I thought the uh, Liverpool defense, you know, by and large, I mean, until the last 10 minutes or so, really, really played very well in that game. And, uh, and played, they did. yeah, and played the, I, mean, I felt like uh, Erickson in particular didn't have a lot of freedom to, to do anything, you know, really creative. And so, um, yeah, I feel like, you know, uh, I mean, Kane to me is a season keeper. I just have a lot of faith in him based on, uh, you know, the previous three seasons and, and really the first, half of this season i mean ultimately you know he sort of started off in a bizarre fashion but uh but right you know he's top goal scorer in the league right i mean yeah. there's just to me there's no reason to drop him well okay so not to flog this Yang thing too much because we've only seen one game of one offside goal but so you're part of the contingent of fpl managers that is on kane and aguero that move should you need to do it is there for you the rest of the managers who are probably sitting on Kane, Firmino, and a third tier striker. Do you? Feel, yeah. Do you? Do you want to drop Firmino? I, I don't. Are you I, getting anxious? I wouldn't be. I mean, you know, it's, yeah. it's only one blank for Firmino. I, I still have you know these, these concerns that that Liverpool, especially you know away from home in difficult matches, is really going to miss Coutinho. Um, that they're going to you know the people are just going to really lock him up the way that Swansea did. Um, now he, I know he just scored an away goal at Huddersfield um, in the weekend before last. So, uh, or I guess it was at midweek. Um, and their running is excellent. So I mean, I certainly wouldn't drop. I mean, you know, they play West Ham and Newcastle at home in two of the next three game weeks. I mean, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna score a ton of goals in those games. So um, yeah, I mean, if anything, I'm still nervous about not having Firmino. Okay. All right. This is still a game week 27 preview. Not to flog this uh, North London Derby too much, but right. captaincy. We have to talk about Harry Kane and the armband. He loves he loves a North London Derby. Loves scoring against Arsenal, though he did blank on the reverse fixture mm-hmm. earlier in the season. Uh, my bus team has the armband on Harry right now. Interesting. Uh, I'm on uh, I'm on Aguero with a Salah vice captain right now. Okay, so, so so no love for Harry. I know. Well, I, a lot of love, but it's just I, I like him third <laughs> third most as a captain. I mean, I you know I know he scored like was wasn't the last the last North London Derby was the first time he hadn't scored in one. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, you know, I think it's totally reasonable. Um, I just don't. I don't know. I feel like Arsenal have their tails up a little bit. They're playing a little better. I just I don't know. I don't they see. A I don't. Game. I don't see him like dominating that game but you know i don't know it could be wrong I mean, their defense is still pretty shoddy so all right we have to blow through the rest of this preview <laughs> yeah. to get to, to get to yeah. some good questions all here. right uh everton crystal palace uh everton need to write the ship i don't know i feel like there's going to be some heavy uh you know rotation in that squad to uh to find the right combination of players uh, i do think walcott holds a spot i think guilty would be back and I, I was surprised he didn't start in that game <laughs> Yeah, and I think that Allardyce just goes back to the lineup that worked for them against Leicester City. The, the, um, Everton didn't like exactly blow Leicester away, but 
you had to expect that that's going to happen. And uh, Walcott was almost taken off against Arsenal as a courtesy to Walcott. Yeah, really. Um, and yeah, he didn't didn't have a great. He was okay. I actually I thought he would play terribly, and I thought he was he was more he was just poor. <laughs> he wasn't terrible. Uh, so I, I think Everton, uh, Everton Crystal Palace. God, you know, I don't know. Everton two one something like that, right? I, Feels like they've been conceding some bad goals recently. Obviously, they conceded five yeah. away to Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, this might be the the second most compelling uh, FPL fixture in this game week, apart from Spurs Arsenal, because it's the Walcott versus everyone's favorite fifth midfielder Milivojevic game. Right. Uh, and uh, also, this is going to be a hard one to predict. Uh, looking looking forward to it. Yeah, it is. It's kind of a kind of a crummy <laughs> slate of ten o'clock fixtures, isn't it? Uh, Stoke Brighton. I mean, you couldn't pay me to watch that game. Uh, so Stoke Brighton. I don't know. One uh, nil Stoke. That's my guess. They've been playing a little better at home. Yeah, I'm just going to keep riding that Groundhog Day uh, <laughs> uh, train with 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 Shane Duffy. Though this could be the one where Duffy scores his goal, or I eat my hat. Are you gonna Are you gonna You're gonna start Duffy this game week? Do you think? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Now, Higazi, Higazi is a one-hit wonder. He's going to take a backseat this game week against Chelsea. Swansea-Burnley is an interesting match. I am actually really considering a Swansea defender right now, and I, I, don't, I don't know if there's some, like, chasing last week's points here at play again, but, um, you know, Fernandez as a, as a 4.4 million player, uh, double-figure returns in two of the last three. Uh, that's a, a goal and an assist. Um, I just, you know, I think uh, their fixture run is just excellent. I mean, they play Burnley at home, yep. Brighton away, West Ham at home, Huddersfield away, Southampton at home. I mean, I don't think they're going to win all five of those games, but they certainly could, you know. I mean, they could be looking at three wins that draw on a loss in those five. Yeah, an old cliche. I mean, they, they need to um, lock down the defense if they're going to stay out of the relegation zone. So they'll be looking first and foremost to play a tight in the back, I would expect. Right, right. So, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Jordan IU owner, so I'm going to be looking for them to attack. But if um, if their manager uh, has any sense, he's going to he's gonna play defense first, I'd guess. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, Fernandez, uh, I think Naughton, you know, is, is another option at, you know, he's 4.5 million. He started... Uh, Almost every game this season. Uh, I missed a couple um, at game week 22 and 23. Um, sure. Yeah, any, yeah. any Swansea defender that you can any afford. Por- any port fun. to storm, Brandon. Um, West Ham Watford, the very disappointing West Ham defense. And, uh, you know, if I hadn't wildcarded, you know, if Masawaka hadn't had that red card, I would have been one of these people who just kept starting, you know, <laughs> starting my my yeah. West Ham defenders and seeing them lose their clean cheese. It's so frustrating. I know Abano owners are driving, like, and Adrian owners, too, are just driving themselves crazy right now. Uh, it is, it's not going to get no, any better, either. This is not a good defense. And the Richarlison thing, it is surprising, right? We were talking about this earlier when with the rant, but it's... I would have thought he would have had at least one rando breakout game, right? Like, just one game where he had, like, yeah. a goal assist and three bonus points or something. Just... Yeah. I, I guess, but perhaps we're discounting the fact that Richarlison is such a young player and new to the league. Uh, I think he's a good player, but I think we are asking too much of him. We're trying to video gameify Richarlison. Yeah. I think he's having, still having a perfectly reasonable season for Watford. Yeah, five, yeah totally. Five goals and eight assists. I mean, it's a it's a very good season, but he hasn't scored a goal since game week twelve. 
you throw throw them on that small pile of of guys guys we liked at one point this season with Pascal Gross and guys like yeah. that who, um, yeah, we had some fun, we had some laughs, you know, but we this moved is the on. game week where Decore uh, overtook him in points. By the way, Decore still still only five five point <laughs> three million, thirteen percent market, thirteen percent owned, seven goals, three assists in the season, uh, picked up two assists and two bonus points in the game week, uh, finished with ten. Uh, quite a season for Decore, who we've like barely ever talked about. I like kind of, I always thought it was just kind of a, uh, just kind of another like Kapue situation, you know, where I was like, ah, this isn't going to last. And, uh, but he's, he's kind of done. Yeah. 5.3. It could be within the reach of some managers. And if, if Watford are going to be resurgent here, then maybe it's. Maybe it's not, maybe you're not chasing points. Maybe there are still points there to get. So that's that's an interesting one. I don't think it's really worth calling this West Ham Watford game because no. despite Watts, Watford's performance at home, let's stress against Chelsea, this I still think you can't predict that one. Man City Leicester, that is the the late fixture on Saturday. Very tempting to Captain Aguero here. Yeah, they're at home. Leicester have struggled defensively, so Aguero captaincy will be quite popular. And that's fine. I I I am not considering captaining uh, Sterling nor De Bruyne. Uh, Sterling would probably be favored there. I mean, can you can you take me through your thought process watching that the the repeated highlights of replays of that Sterling miss this game week? What oh. was more, most striking to me was was the miss followed by the slow dawning realization, and then he just comically flops yeah. to the ground like a child. Yeah, it was uh, It was obviously a bad miss. I, I feel like I didn't really feel much of anything when that happened. I mean, first of all, he's a pretty, <laughs> he's a pretty highly owned player. And so that, that's often, it's kind of like when Salah misses a shot. You're like, well, you know, a lot of people will captain him this week and his ownership's high enough already. Um, and it would have been a Walker assist, which wouldn't have helped anybody. Right, exactly. And uh, or us, I guess. Yeah. Sp- sp- more specifically, it would not have helped us. Yeah, I mean, I certainly would have taken. <laughs> obviously, would have taken the goal. Um, but I, yeah, I just felt like uh, he's ha- he has games like that all the time. At least he used to. I mean, going into the season, that was like Sterling's thing, right? It's like he couldn't finish. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I, you know, to me, it was it was kind of. I don't know. I felt like it was of 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 character, or at least of, of a version of him that used to exist. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Jamie Vardy, spare a thought. Danny Bean brings up the fact that he's scored three and three. Why couldn't Vardy score in this game? I see no reason why Vardy couldn't score. I mean, he probably will score, right? I mean, like I could see them scoring a like earning a penalty. Um, I could see them catching City on the break. Uh, I mean, there's I can just see a million ways that that Vardy could score. Yeah, for, yeah, for sure. But but City probably win. Um, definitely consider your your captaining Aguero, and then there's Sunday. Yeah, Sunday, uh, Huddersfield, Bournemouth. Um, you know, I guess if you brought in your Bournemouth defender, now is your now's your chance to maybe get that clean sheet. <laughs> or ca- no, uh, yeah, okay. So the the uh, the Willie uh, Charlie Daniels, forget his name. Think I think yeah. about him so infrequently. The Charlie Daniels hype train finally, finally comes home to roost here in this game. Well, this is yeah. I mean, I had Daniels for so long, and it's you know, I mean, the fact that people were talking about bringing in a Bournemouth defender was just it was blowing me away because they they are a bad defense. You know, it's like I actually I was talking about doing this earlier, Brandon. But let's just let's just do it right now, very quickly. All right. 
what what are okay? Many defenses in the league are bad. Like almost all of them are are basically kind of bad, right? It's kind of like yeah. it's kind of like the NFL, where like things have gotten so skewed that like the the attack is just it's an attack minded league, right? And the and the rules yep. and the awarding of penalties, it's all it's all skewed towards attackers. So it's either an attack minded league or it's a uh, let's all have all eleven players stand on the goal line <laughs> right. type of a league. right. Exactly. And just if if we're going to be a little more positive, we'll call it a an attack-minded league. So, uh, but there are certain defenses that are so bad that you should never, ever bring them in, right? And and so let's <laughs> let's see if we can name those defenses. I think Brighton is one. I just don't think you should have for the rest of the season. Let's just keep it to the season. I would not ever advocate bringing in a Brighton defender. Yeah, um, I mean, this does play into the uh, blank game week thirty-one conversation as well. And Brighton is doubly done dirty there. <laughs> By the fact that they will blank in game week 31. Yeah, so uh, almost certainly, of course, that's a Man City game. You wouldn't play your Brighton defender anyway, probably. I'll speak for yourself. <laughs> As I said a million times, Shane Duffy, he's do that. Goals. You never know when it's going to come. You better play him. Yeah, that's true. You better that's play true. him. Uh, I mean, uh, Huddersfield, obviously, obviously, they're just like the, the, the worst team in the league at the moment on form. Um, I do like I do like their goalkeeper, Lossel. I think he's well equipped. Sure. But, that team just stinks. Uh, Bournemouth, obviously. Yeah, uh, Watford. They they can't defend <laughs> Watford for sure for their lives. Uh, what about Crystal Palace? <laughs> Would you? Can you see yourself advocating for Crystal Palace defender? Uh, well, they are cheap. There was a day. There was a day. I mean, let me let me sound like an FPL grandpa here. It was going back like one or two seasons ago when. When uh, you just bring in Scott Dan and he's scoring goals, you don't bring in a Palace defender for a clean sheet. You bring them in for the goals. The problem this season is Palace can't, not even their offensive players can score goals. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm not advocating, advocating for Palace. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's only four clean sheets in the season for Palace. Uh, it's, I, 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 they're cheap and it's tempting and I could see someone trying to bring them in a wild card, but it's just, it's just not a very good defense. They also have a really bad run of fixtures coming up. Um, starting actually this game week. Um, so, yeah, I think Newcastle, maybe, maybe Newcastle. I did get a couple clean sheets out of my Newcastle keepers. And Jamal LaSalle's, I mean, how can you not advocate for that guy, right? That guy, you know, scores goals. and Sure. He's a leader. All right. Public service announcement gotta... over. Is that enough? <laughs> yeah, stay away. Put the, put the poison warning signs on those defenses. So uh, in terms of the game itself, uh, I mean, I'm hoping that my Callum Wilson transfer now, you know, now comes good. Uh, I, I certainly think there's a chance I'll score in that match, um, but I also think Huddersfield scores well. So let's. But Bournemouth have been playing; they're they're in good form. So I'll say, I'll say Bournemouth three uh, one over Huddersfield. <laughs> two on two on cherries. Newcastle Manchester United. We have a question here from uh, Graham on our Slack channel. Is Kennedy worth thinking about? I do love a neck tattoo. Uh, Graham loves a neck tattoo. Not me. I don't. I'm, I'm put off by them. Kennedy, he's at 4.7. We talked about a little bit about him when we previewed the, the transfers. He somehow didn't end up getting that assist on the weird corner kick that he took against yeah. Palace that resulted in the Mbemba yeah. goal. I thought maybe he'd well, come away with that James assist. James got an assist for like the exact same uh, free kick. Uh, you know, it was a free kick instead of a corner kick last week. So, uh, yeah, I was a little yeah. surprised. So his minutes are getting managed uh, a little oddly. 
by Benitez. He got yanked off the pitch at 50, at the 56th minute against Palace. So that's a one pointer. Yeah. Still, do you, can you spare any enthusiasm for I this guy? I can spare some enthusiasm. Yeah, I think um, I would I would consider him in a wild card for sure. I mean, he's only four point seven million fifth fifth uh, midfielder. I mean, there's there's not a lot of talent on that team. You know, I mean, I, I don't mean to offend Newcastle. Yeah. Fans out there, but I think they know it too. You know, I mean, no, you're offending Matt Ritchie, who's a known right. listener of always. Right. I mean, they just they need they need good players, and he is quite obviously a good player. I mean, they put him on corner kicks right away, right? So, um, yeah. So I yeah. think you know he's just he's yep. working his way into the squad. The the issue is that Newcastle's fixtures are so up and down. I mean, it's it's actually they have a lot of good fixtures sandwiched around bad fixtures, so it's kind of fine for a fifth midfielder if you're not going to play five across the middle. Um, you know, week in and week out. Yeah, if you have a, stri- a striker or a, a decent other midfielder, you can right. rotate him with. Yeah, because they do play it. Bournemouth, Southampton, Huddersfield, and, and three of the next six. So, not not too bad. Yeah, Newcastle is just kind of too weird of a team for me to get excited about. Though, though, though Kennedy's cool. This fixture, though, Newcastle, Man United. Uh, do we need to quickly talk about Alexis Sanchez? Uh, sure. I mean, he filled up the stat sheet. Um, I saw that he had. And there was a uh, Opta had some stat on Twitter that he had given the ball away more in this game than any Man United player had given the ball away in the entire season to date, uh, which is pretty pretty extraordinary. Uh, you know, it was just he did everything right. He you know was all over the ball. He was faking horrifying you know ankle injuries every ninety seconds. Uh-huh. Uh, picks yeah. up a yellow card, uh, wins a penalty, uh, has that penalty saved. Scores a goal on the rebound. It is the craziest way to earn five points that I have like ever seen. I mean, it's absolutely, <laughs> absolutely amazing. I I get the sense that Alexis Sanchez is like deathly afraid of catching on fire, so he's just right. like constantly throwing himself to the ground to suffocate any like flames that might be might be stirring up on his <laughs> on his kit. It was yeah. He's just doing a stop, drop, and roll. I feel like I'm maybe, and maybe it's because I'm an Arsenal fan and I've watched so many of their matches over the years, but I, I feel like I like maybe I'm a little done with the Alexis Sanchez show, like him screaming at his teammates, him falling down with fake injuries all the time. And it's just like, it's not that I think he's a flopper. I mean, I guess I do kind of, but it's like, it, it's just like his like sense of justice is like turned up to 11, you know? And so it's like, if anybody brushes past him or tries to tackle him, it's like he flips out and like loses his mind. Yeah, it's not so much justice as he does believe that the world, at least the sports world, revolves around him. Right. I don't know him. I don't know him personally. Sure. But, yeah, everyone everyone assumed that his petulance at Arsenal was going to fall by the wayside when he moved to a different club and a, a club with a stature like Manchester United, which could be equated with Arsenal's. But, no, like you're seeing exactly as you're saying, Josh, you're seeing all the same things. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think what I said last week still holds... There is no reason to get to consider getting Alexis Sanchez into your squad now, but he will definitely be a factor come the double game week. So yeah. we have to just bear that in mind. Yeah, I still think it depends. I mean, if I were, you know, um, you know, if I was in if I was in a competitive mini league and I was about 45, 50 points back and I was really trying to make up some ground and I was considered an early wild card, I would definitely bring in Sanchez because he's certainly worth the risk. I just don't think it's the. I I just don't think it's the sensible play if you're, you know, already in the top, 
whatever K in the world and you're maybe first or second in your mini league. And, you know, it's like, it's a, it's a, very, it's a situational thing with him, you know, like that's yeah. not, and that's not what I'm advocating for. Yeah. I just do feel like by the time we get to the doubles and if say you've held on to your wild card and you're going to play the, um, what do, you, what do you call it? The perfect wild card? Is that what we're <laughs> sure, calling it now? Yeah. If you play the perfect wild card, I think he's going to be, um, assuming he really dials in with this Man United lineup, he's going to be a very popular pick. Okay, fair enough. So I th- I'm not I'm not saying he's a factor now, I, and I do, but I do agree with you. He's, he could be a great differential. But I'm just saying, watch this space in a month's time. Um, it will be it'll be popping okay. off. All right, all right. Um, all right, so uh, yeah, but we think Man United will win that game, right? Two nil, three nil, something like that. Uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be very uh, underwhelming, but they'll win. Southampton, Liverpool, Brandon, are we insane for not just captaining Salah? Like, just like, why are we even talking about anyone but Salah <laughs> right now? Give me one good reason why we shouldn't captain Salah in this game. Uh, you have to you have to um, pick your pick your game weeks to. To make it a differential, to go somebody different, and I think I think mm. it's just a it's it's kind of a cliche conversation to have. Like, should we always captain Salah? Well, sure, if you want to, I don't care. He's really good, and he delivers every week. But um, uh, I think there are a lot of managers out there who have had pretty good game weeks not captaining Salah. So uh, that's my that's my little rant on that that topic. Okay, yeah, I I'm, I don't find that to be a very convincing rant. I, I'm just I mean looking back at his at his numbers. I mean, 15, 8, 2, 11, 14, 9, 10, 8, 11. I mean, it's just it's absolutely incredible how many you know the the kind of I mean, twenty one goals and eight assists in the season, uh, and twenty one bonus points already. I mean, it's just it is an absolutely ridiculous season, and he's he's got to be the most consistent player in the league. Um, in terms of returns, and I actually don't think we've been talking about him as a set it and forget it captain the way that we have talked about Harry Kane or even someone like Aguero this way. And um, but we really, we really should be. I mean, I you know I think you you really could just just set him as your captain and and feel pretty confident every every game week throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm not necessarily arguing against that, but is that do we do we really have a weekly podcast to advocate for? Um, just- I, I think that there a, are, you know, it's it's got to be like a balance. I mean, you know, yeah, you can you can make a conservative captaincy pick and still have some like riskier players, you know, in the rest of your squad. Um, I don't know. I just I just feel like it's it it that's very sensible just to captain. I'm not saying that we're going to come on here every podcast and just stop talking about <laughs> captains. Yeah, if that's what you're if that's what you think I'm talking. I'm implying. No, I'm not implying uh, that. I'm just uh, this is this is a. Uh, I guess I'm just trying to be hmm, not a little stronger than devil's advocate, but um, a bit of a troll. Yeah. Online. I've, I've seen people like you before. <laughs> I guess. I mean, it, the, and this is this is, of course, an easy conversation to have the week after Sala was the biggest point getter. So, yeah, obviously. Right, but it's happened. It's happened many other times this season, too. I mean. You know, like I didn't, I didn't, you know, captain him at home for the Leicester game where he scored two goals in a, in a you know, game week 21. And I, I just feel like I've had so many times this year where I really regret not captaining Salah. And how many times that have to have, I think I've only captained him like three <laughs> times all season, you know? And I mean, three times all season for a guy who scored 21 goals and eight assists is kind of crazy. Like, it's like I'm inventing reasons not to captain him. Yeah, I think what everybody struggles against is the, uh, the, you know, the, the, 
gambler's fallacy of it all of the well he's yeah. he's he's not gonna he's do due, he's, he's due to fail he's right? not gonna keep or he's due to fail or he's not gonna keep doing it therefore but um here we are and as you're saying in game week 26 and he hasn't really failed us just yet i think what i'm just saying is i'm i'm challenging the fpl community to <laughs> to figure it out to crack the code to do better i think you can't okay all right well i I disagree, uh, and I, I think I'm actually talking myself into Captain and Salah away to Southampton, who stink. Um, and I think Liverpool win that game 3-0. <laughs> Chelsea-West Brom, last, last fixture of the game week. What, what even happens in this Chelsea-West Brom game? Like, who even knows what to predict at this point? Uh, yeah, Who's going to get I a could, red card? We can't even guarantee that Antonio Conte is managing Chelsea during this match. And oh, is, that, is that a good thing or a bad thing for Chelsea? Maybe a good thing only in the short term, though. I mean, I, does anybody think that Conte isn't a great manager? I mean, it's 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 a crazy situation. I mean, he's obviously a great, you know, brilliant manager, and it's you know, and it's I don't understand this like funk that they're in right now. It feels like they can't get out of it, and I just like it. it I, I don't want him to like. I actually don't want him to lo- to leave the league. Like, I enjoy having him in the league. Yeah, you know? he, just, he is a diff- different, interesting character. He said something strange in his. Post match uh, after Watford, where he said his players were playing with fear, and he couldn't quite understand that, and thought that was a curious way to put it. Um, he wasn't calling anyone out for not doing their job; just calling his players out for being scared of something. I don't know what. Yeah, uh, but you look at this Chelsea squad, and it's there's not there aren't too many different players in the squad that that weren't in the um, the squad that just tanked Mourinho I got him fired yeah. Uh, yeah. and and we saw in that situation that they are very capable of bouncing back whenever it is that they so choose that's true they've killed they've killed coaches before and they'll, <laughs> they'll kill coaches again uh, so I, I don't know this one's a hard one to pick I mean yeah, I guess I, we'll you know we don't even know about Alonzo at this point so you know if he's back um, you know I think he's a I wouldn't I certainly wouldn't captain him with all the risk that's going on right now but um, I mean, are you, well, you're not thinking about dropping him at this point, are you? I mean, it's just a, it's a, it's an annoying run of one, you know, the one point return and a zero point return. But I mean, you know, long term, you still feel good about having him as your kind of, you know, set it and forget it defender, right? No matter what the fixture is. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's almost works to his advantage that he was mysteriously absent from this Watford performance. He's like, well, you can't blame me. Yeah. The the one the one caveat here is um, after the West Brom game, they play Man United and Man City back to back, which are you know, obviously <laughs> very difficult fixtures, and um, he's going to have to score some goals in those fixtures to to earn his his seven million price tag. So, yep, yeah, it's it's a tricky one. So basically, Alonso sits on your team right now. The only reason to move him is is for the moment when you decide what you need the cash for. Now you could you could be sitting there you could have a fire to put out in your squad. You need some money, but do you have a plan? Do you know what you need that money for? I think Alonzo is so valuable in your squad now that you need to have a really good plan that probably hopefully involves some some sort of long-term planning for the doubles, the blanks, the wild card that you might be playing coming up. Um He's just a he's just a, a valuable chip that you can play, yeah. and I I would caution just dropping him for a whimsical move. Like make it count. 
Well, I think it's a fair point. And, you know, who are you even going to move him to? You know, like who's yeah. who's your who's your like who's your cheap, awesome player? Like, you know, I mean, Phil Jones, like he's not going to, you know, he's going to get rotated, especially with the champions like starting up again. Uh, Otamende, yeah. like City can't keep a clean sheet. Maybe Kyle Walker. I mean, at least he has a lot of, you know, assist yeah. threat. Right. Jack, Jack on our Slack channel said, where are the clean sheets coming from? Chelsea, United and City seem most adept at the back. But with injuries and rotation playing their parts, what should we do? And I gave it some thought. And it's for as much for as as many uh, stupid things I say about the Liverpool defense. Um, I think the move might be to drop Alonso for. Van Dyke or somebody like that. If you look at Liverpool's fixtures coming up, Southampton, West Ham, Newcastle, then they have uh, United in game week 30, but then West Ham and Swansea. We're going to talk about game week 31. Liverpool do not blank. So you've got a pretty handy uh, defender from a top Wait, four am I side. Supposed to, am I supposed to fill in the end of that question? Liverpool do not blank. <laughs> they do not blank. Let me, let me think about it. They do not. <laughs> they do the not lips, keep, a, portion. Keep, keep a clean sheet. <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, if you move uh, Alonso to Van Dyke, that's um, you get a goal scoring defender on a top four side with a good run of fixtures that don't blank. Plus, you're making more than a million bucks to reinvest. That's true. So that's, you, that you is something. Running down Van Dyke, and then now you're, now you're back. You're right back on the Van Dyke bandwagon. What happened? Back there, like I never left, <laughs> baby. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's a tricky one because other than that, I think if you're talking about defense, you're just talking about getting guys who play. Because as everyone's pointing out, there are really no clean sheets to be had. So you know, Everton, Watford, Stoke. Probably Huddersfield and Palace. These are teams that don't have great defenses, but they're not blanking and they have affordable assets. Yeah. These are guys you don't have to move around. You can you can play and then you can work around them. You know. And I think that's why I like Liverpool as much as I do right now, is that yeah. they I mean their performance <clears throat> against Spurs was pretty good defensively until yeah. it all sort of like kind of collapsed under itself. You know that Klopp is gonna screw everybody in game week thirty one, don't you? Like it's gonna be they're gonna be preparing for you know, an upcoming Champions League match or something. He's, he's going to rest everybody, like every, yeah. every single player, and everyone's going to have like three players in their team. Like even with yeah, even with the true. free hit chip, it's a fair point because Liverpool Klopp was notorious for rotating his squad last season when everyone was gearing up for the doubles and bringing in Liverpool assets. So you know, it's something to watch out for. I guess we have to kind of like monitor how. We have to monitor how the lineups shake out in the coming game weeks. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, let's take a quick break, and then uh, let's get back. Uh, we have one last little segment to talk about in the lightning round. Same old podcast, always cheating. Josh, we're back. I have a quick question for you. Sky Fantasy Game, have you played this game? Too complicated. <laughs> It is too complicated. What about dra- you in any draft leagues? You and I tried it for one week. Too complicated. So the issue is, what is the issue? Is the issue that um, we're already playing FPL, we adore FPL, and we're playing it for a solid nine months out of the year, right? Yeah, nine months out of the year, and then, you know, you and I take about 20 hours to record each podcast, so. 
Right. Exactly. A lot, of, a lot of our life goes to FPL. And that is the beauty <laughs> of Starting Eleven. It is a daily fantasy app. And what that means is you don't have to have a team that you're cultivating, you're feeding, you're watching it grow and, and thrive or, or die and decay. It's a it's a different team every time you open the app. You can play the you can play Starting Eleven any day in which there are two or more Premier League fixtures. And what's cool about it is I, I took a lot of punts that I wouldn't normally take with my FPL side. I actually captained Romelu Lukaku wow. on Saturday when I was playing starting 11. And he scored a goal, he so did. that worked out for yeah. me. And it was also my time to take a punt on bringing in Laporte. I was like, well, I don't have the guts to try Laporte in my FPL team, but I'm going to bring Laporte into my starting 11 squad. But what's cool about starting 11, Josh, when I saw the lineups announced, Laporte wasn't in the starting uh starting squad for Pep. I just popped him right out. Yeah. No penalty paid. <clears throat> That's an important thing about starting 11 is they don't screw you like the app does by <laughs> not letting you look at the line. What kind of punish? Have we already talked about that? What, what, what cruel punishment it is that you have to guess? That like, wouldn't it be great if you could just wait until 30 minutes before and make your transfers and like see the freaking lineups and not waste transfers on players who... Is it born you know, out of this culture? I was listening to Rory Smith being interviewed on the Second Captains podcast, which I will now mention that podcast every time uh, <laughs> that we we post Always Cheating. Yeah, They were talking to him about the Spurs-Liverpool game and how when Wanyama scores this worldly of a goal, immediately all the pundits have to talk about who's to blame. Who's at right. fault right. for Wanyama right. scoring this goal as right. opposed to saying, oh, isn't, isn't football beautiful? What a great goal. Right. And that's kind of like the start starting 11 way of looking at fantasy it is it is the hey that goal was really cool not who's to blame which is the fpl perspective <laughs> that is very true so you played a couple matches this week right you dusted yourself off you you've you've lost a few you have you know you lost a little zip on your fastball recently and you, you thought you'd, you'd get back <laughs> out there on the, on the you know the, on the mound yeah, so we're we're asking listeners of Always Cheating to challenge us to Starting 11. All you have to do is download the app and just start an account, then send us your email address, and we'll we'll set a challenge. Then we play head-to-head. And so I played two listeners this weekend, and they both crushed, roundly crushed me. As, uh, yeah, I think I need a few more um, innings before I'm back, <laughs> back to form. I don't know how to – I don't know any baseball terminology. Sure, sure. So, yeah, Starting 11, download it. Go to Starting 11, Starting11.io to learn more. It is available for your iPhone or your Android phone. Set up a squad. Anytime there are two or more Premier League matches going on in that day, you get three live in-game substitutions even after the kickoffs happen. So you're basically managing while the games are happening. You've got no budget with your squad. So many fun things you can do with, with the Starting 11 app. Highly recommend it. Agreed. Yeah, I played a lot of matches at midweek. You played a lot on the weekend, and uh, yeah, it was you know we're we're just we're available, and it's uh, you know if you want to interact with the cheaters um, on direct message uh, and uh, reach out, and we always we always chat with everybody a little bit too, you know. So if you want to you want to do that, um, yeah, send us a message on on Facebook or Twitter, or um, send us an email, and we will absolutely. Uh, send you a Starting Eleven challenge. And first, you want to download that app uh, at the iOS or Android store or uh, visit Starting Eleven. That's 11. Uh, dot starting ele- so that is, that is to say, it's starting11.io. <laughs> Very good, Josh. Excellent. Yeah, well, everyone just, you know, it's Google. It'll fill in the rest of the characters for you. So. <laughs> just Google it. 
We're back. And uh, Josh, it's never too early to start our planning for Game Week 31. We've already touched upon it a few times throughout the podcast. There is a blank Game Week coming up there uh, revolving around uh, people having to move their matches because of the FA Cup and, and all that sort of nonsense. So this is where the the free hit chip comes into play and all that sort of thing. And to set the table for this, we have to we have to thank Ben Krellen. If you're not following Ben on Twitter, you really have to at Ben Krellen, and that's C R E L L I N. And Ben has this amazing Google Doc that uh, where he he sort of lays out what's happening in these um, potential blank game weeks. You know, the odds of certain FPL teams blanking or not uh, is Huddersfield have to win a replay and then beat Manchester United, so on and so forth. It just helps you visualize which teams you need to zero in on. And um, we have a lot of questions on this episode where people are starting to think about what's going on in Game Week 31. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, the couple things to... So, Brandon, I mean, you are planning to play uh, a somewhat, um, I would say... I guess we called it earlier the the perfect usage of chips. So the perfect you, wild card. The perfect wild card. So what is your current? When are you currently planning to use all four of your chips? And just for anyone who isn't familiar with the shorthand, you know, chip is basically a the wild card is the chip, triple captain is a chip, bench boost is a chip, and um, the free hit chip is also a chip. Uh, so they can all uh, only be played in one game week. You can't combine them. So you can't wild card and then triple captain someone on that same game week. The wild card counts as the chip. So um, so what's your what's your current strategy? OK, so let's see if I can say this as concisely as possible. But assuming a blank in game week 31 with teams like City, Chelsea, Arsenal, United, Spurs all missing out. I'm looking to organically bring in players who won't blank in 31 so I don't have to play any chips in anticipation or going into 31. So right now I'm looking to bring in players from Liverpool, Everton, Stoke, and Watford. Uh, and, And that's how we play the blank in 31. Then we're assuming big double game weeks in game weeks 34 and 37. And in 34 and 37, those are when I want to deploy triple captain and bench boost. So in anticipation of that, you play the wild card in game week 33 so that you're then free to play bench boost or triple captain in 34 for that big double. Depending on how the fixtures shake out, that's how you decide or I'll decide um, whether to play triple captain or bench boost. Okay. So then that so that's uh, 34 sorted. Now I still have my free hit and that's how I take care of game week 35, which is going to come out of nowhere. There are going to be a lot of blanks happening in 35 and that's when the free hit is really going to help you secure the wild card that you just played for the double that is again coming in 37. So free hit in game week 35 and then the remaining triple captain or bench boost chip gets played in game week 37. And that's the okay, game. right? Or 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 their doubles. Yeah, depends Jesus. on when it depends on when the double game weeks are, right? We don't. Yeah, we yeah, don't yeah. know exactly when they are historically. We game week thirty four and thirty seven are maybe the yeah. most likely, um, yeah. but it's 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 a little too early to tell. There there can sometimes be a you know kind of an unexpected double game week. You know they were able to fit a fixture in, or somebody um, somebody you know gets upset. Um, Earlier, actually, sometimes what happens is there's like an FA Cup replay that has to get played in midweek. And so the double game week that was supposed to take place then takes place earlier or later. Um, so it just, you know, it does get very complicated. Um, it's it's actually less complicated than it, than it sometimes is because 
uh, Arsenal and City play each other in the FA Cup final, which means they get to just play each other again a few days <laughs> later, and it doesn't screw over four different teams. There's almost always uh, a couple of blanks the, the weekend of the league. I said FA Cup final, I meant League Cup final. There's almost always a couple of blanks uh, the weekend of the League Cup final, and it's just one of those rare cases where there isn't. So um, in some ways, you really do have time to prepare for the game week 31. Um, but even then, I think you have to approach it with caution because – in game week 31, what we know, as you just said a minute ago, is that there's only there's only two games that we know for sure aren't blanks, right? There's Liverpool, Watford, Stoke, Everton. So, yeah, you could maybe bring in a Liverpool defender right now if you wanted to. Maybe maybe in game week 28 when they start to have really good run of fixtures. Um, you know, Stoke and Everton, I mean, you don't really necessarily want to have Stoke players for four or five game weeks, you know? Yeah. And so that's a, that's a tricky one. Um, you know, another one's like West Brom, Bournemouth. You know, it's, it's like a 50-50 whether they're going to play or not. So... Um, you know, and then one of these other games, I just, you know, there's probably a, we're going to see an upset, you know, right? Something's going to happen. Like Coventry City is going to uh, beat Leicester or something like that in the, you know, in, in round five of the FA Cup or, you know, it's like some yeah. some weird game. So suddenly it's everything gets overturned. You're like, wait, why did I just drop all of my Arsenal players? They actually play this coming, yeah, this coming upcoming, you know. Yep. So it, right. it does. You have to be kind of cautious, I think, too. Saving transfers, I think, is the best move if you can do it. You know, you want to have if you can save two transfers going into game week thirty-one, then you know maybe you burn four. You make three transfers. Maybe you've already got three players in your squad. Maybe having six is enough. You know, I mean, if there's only five fixtures anyway, you know, and there's no point in loading up on players who are bad, right? Like, there's just no point yeah. in having three Stoke players because. You know, I mean, if you if you play the free hit chip, that's the way to get around it. But otherwise, you know, you just can't load up on three guys, and then then, you know, then you're suddenly just trying yeah. to offload them. But the 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 logic of loading up now, and it's not really loading up. You're just like bringing in a Stoke player sure, here, sure. And a Watford player there. Is um, we have you have the opportunity now to set yourself up for it. But once you're coming out of a wild card, where hopefully you have a pretty decent. A fully loaded team you don't want to then blow that up um to try and play the blank game week in 35 if you could if you could free hit into 35 then you have a great squad going into the doubles again which will probably happen in 37 right so that's the logic yeah you don't you don't sort of like lose immediately lose your wild card uh, potency. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm debating a slightly different strategy. It could be unique to the kind of leagues that we're in. Uh, so we have our mini league, our personal mini league, which we talked about a lot. It's actually two leagues. We have a um, a the standard points league, and then we also have a head to head league. Um, and we have playoffs in our head to head league. So starting in uh, game week 36, uh, the top eight teams make the quarterfinals. Right, and so then you play quarterfinals in thirty six, semis in thirty seven, finals in thirty eight. So because I'm, I think like a hundred points back in our mini league right now for first place, um, and you know I'd have to jump over a couple people even to get to that first place uh, person. Um, I'm debating just saving all three of my chips uh, for game weeks thirty six, thirty seven, and thirty eight, and just going all in trying to win the head to head. Um, it, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a risky strategy. Um, and I'm not actually sure I have the guts to do it because, 
Uh, it would just be so depressing to, especially especially in game week thirty four. You know, if there's just a great opportunity for a triple captain or a bench boost, I, I'll probably do it. Just you know, because I, I could still get. Oh, you know, you know you're gonna do it. Yeah, but trying to save at least two chips for the playoffs, I think, is an interesting strategy if you're in the kind of position where you can do that. And just I'll note. I recommend everybody that they start a head-to-head league because it's a lot of fun. And actually, you can still start one right now. You can start a head-to-head league that just starts in game week 27. Um, and you could even still have playoffs. Um, it's a great way to inject a little bit of extra fun in each game week. And uh, we had a lot of fun with the playoffs last year, right, Brandon? It was the first time we did it. Yeah, and I won. So I was having a <laughs> exactly, lot of fun. Exactly. So, all right. that I think that's like a decent intro to, to this. We, got, we started talking about it. Um, you know, I really recommend, as Brennan said, to, to go to, to Ben's uh, Twitter feed and read more there. Um, and there's lots of, I mean, there's lots of other people who are, who are writing about this too. And, um, you can find other things online. So, um, but it's, you know, I definitely worth, um, investing some time and energy into, um, it can really make the difference between finishing, you know, first and, and fourth in your league. So, uh, give it some thought. Yeah, definitely. All right. So does that do it for this episode? I think so. That's feels like a lot of talking. It's too much talking. <laughs> We need to walk the walk, Josh. All right. Well, I am looking forward to this weekend. I I will not be watching the Sunday matches, sadly, Brandon. I'm going to uh, Sesame Street live at Medicine Square Garden. Whoa. With the family. Yeah. Brad's an outright brag. I know. Elmo live. It's my my daughter. <laughs> okay. She doesn't know. If I told her we were doing this, she would have no idea what that was. But she can say Elmo. And she, she, she thinks Sesame Street is called Elmo. That's just all she asks for is Elmo. <laughs> So, uh, so she's she's pretty. Yeah, when he's on, yeah, she'll be excited. Everybody else, I'm not so sure about. All right, so if you like Josh, are going to be far flung, but you want to keep in touch with the cheaters, be sure to follow us on uh, Twitter and SoundCloud, Facebook. That's where you can keep in touch with us. Email us at hailcheaters at gmail dot com. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, wherever it is you get your podcast. And Josh, I must stress, if you enjoy spending time with us, Josh and Brandon, the cheaters, do go to iTunes and give us a, a positive five-star rating <laughs> and review. Uh, we really do appreciate it, and it helps out the podcast, and it costs you nothing. Uh, so we appreciate that. Um, but what does cost you something is to support the pod in another way on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash always cheating, where we have some perks. And uh, I think we have a bonus podcast in the in the works, Josh, for yeah. just our Patreon subscribers. Yeah, we've got a, we've got a, uh, like a Reddit style Ask Us Anything podcast coming. And I actually think because, because there's the, a, a gap between game weeks, I think that uh, next week it may be just a Patreon podcast. We might do a little preview like a little teaser uh, podcast for um, for everybody, and then um, otherwise it's just it'll just be the one Patreon podcast uh, next week. So, um, and then we'll be back the following week with a preview of Game Week Twenty Eight. Cool. Thanks to everyone who supports the pod on Patreon, but thanks to yeah. everyone just for listening and yes. for sending us your questions. And we love you all. Good luck in Game Week Twenty Seven. You're gonna need it. Hail Lord Sorloff, Brandon Sorloff. Have mercy on us. <laughs> Lord Sorloff, we ask the we ask only the best for our teams. <laughs> How bad does Benteke have to play until they they give the Sorloff the, the shot? Bl- I don't know. Not, <laughs> and he has like attacking returns in like four of his last five or something. But he's just he's the worst. He's awful. He got lucky. All right, Sorloff. All right, let's. All right, all right that's all right, the that's... <laughs> Sorloff heard all of that, so we're good. Mm-hmm. We're good for another week. All right, hail Lord Sorloff.
Yes, or laugh. Yes, or laugh. Let's go. <laughs> Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.